0: You're listening to the Iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Mez, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan, and you're listening to the Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I am the noob trying to learn about Warhammer universe. So Ryan,
1: what is today's topic? Oh, Mez, you sweet, oh, innocent Ryan. child. Today, oh, I don't say it like that. <laughs> no, you're. You, by the end of this episode, you're going to be a new man. Oh, God. So today, as you, last time was the prologue to the 13th Black Crusade, mm-hmm. today is the 13th Black Crusade. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, honestly. I mean, I-
0: I'm not going to lie, just putting it out there. When I, when I searched uh, the 13th Black Crusade, right, mm-hmm. just for a thumbnail, I did see some... <laughs> some stuff but i'm not I'm not too much not too much i don't <laughs> want to spoil myself but you I'll, know, you just,
1: yeah i'll be honest there's so much in this that i don't think um i don't think you could spoil it without actively trying to
0: oh well that's that's good to hear then
1: yeah because even if you like found out one part of it it would all sound like you found out the biggest part of it and it's none of it's the biggest part. It's all one massive thing. So, oh. yeah. yeah.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, you ready for this? I I, I don't think I am, but <laughs> let's go
1: anyways. <laughs> all right, let's do this. Okay, so we're starting off around uh, around the end of the forty first millennia. So we're approaching the year forty two thousand, right? Yeah. So we're. I think this is like some point within. Uh, 41,990-something. I think it's somewhere around there. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so chaos forces have begun to take down Imperial defences, leaving the uh, Imperial Navy quite diminished. And Typhus, the second in command of the Death Guard, is leading his plague fleet all across loads of systems and just scattering this plague called the Plague of Unbelief which okay. uh, when I first heard of it, I thought it just meant like because Typhus is turning up and plaguing everyone they're all stopping believing in the Emperor and in the yeah. Space Marines it's not it's actually a plague that when you die you come back to life as a shambling zombie what? <laughs> yeah so not only is everyone plague ridden right, all across the Imperium or all across this section of Imperial space also when the guardsmen kill them they just get back up <laughs> That's so
0: shit. That they, right. don't even get to, they don't even get to rest in peace,
1: man. Exactly. It's like, no, 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 no. Get back up. <laughs> oh, that's so shit, man. Yeah. So it's like disease isn't the only problem because the disease creates enemies as well. Yeah. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I uh, mean, it's a
0: good strategy, you know. It's a good
1: strategy. Solid strategy. Nurgle's on his top game today. <laughs> uh, so this leads to loads of chaos cults popping up and causing more and more disturbance within Imperial space. So, yeah. everyone kind of knows something's coming, they just don't know what, you know? Uh, but while that's going on, Cadian High Command set out an order for all Cadian regiments to regroup at Cadia, which mm-hmm. has not been done in, I don't think, ever, <laughs> or at least a very long time. Because uh, Cadian troops are all over the galaxy fighting all, all types of different wars. But mm-hmm. no, no, they know something's big coming, and they are right on the doorstep of the Eye of Terror so they need every man on the ground yeah. so they call everyone back so with so many troops returning to Kadia, hundreds of extra landing zones were built outside Kassar Tyrock in the fields uh, do you remember what a Kasser is? told you last um... time can't remember it's it's one of their like uh, city fortresses that they've built so uh, it's a defensive bastion but also it's a habitation place so in the fields outside one called kassar tyrock they built hundreds of extra landing zones so they could get people out of orbit faster Uh, and with millions of troops already on the ground the volscani cataphracts regiment which by the way are the best of the best of the best right these are the top elite that's it right yeah. They they finally landed on Kadia. now everyone on cadia was kind of like look we know something big's coming everyone's kind of on edge when the volscani landed the Kadian troops were like got no problems now we got these dudes on our side Like, yeah. they are the dudes no one is messing with us now right uh and because everyone thinks so highly of the cataphracts the Cadian High Command gathered to welcome them at the landing field. Mm-hmm. This was a severe error. Why? Shortly after disembarking their ships, the Volscani cataphracts boarded the Leviathan, which is the command vessel of Cadian High Command, yeah. and slaughtered most of the high ranking officers, including the commander in chief. While many of the volcanic cataphracts stayed on, like on the landing zone, and just started gunning down other uh, Cadian troops.
0: Well, that's not the way you want to start today.
1: Yeah, the volcanic <laughs> cataphracts had turned traitor. They had turned to chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so this. Well, really, that's bad. Yeah, this really broke the morale. Since when they turned up, everyone was like, "Ah, oh, we're safe now." And then they were like, "No, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not goddamn safe." <laughs> Uh, so the Cadian troops at the field uh, were thrown at a disarray, as well as masses of them were gunned down. So things were looking pretty bad. Then mm-hmm. uh, General Ursarker E. Creed rallied the scattered and fleeing Cadian troops to fight back. He yeah. gathered the Cadian 8th in a charge, and uh, with his trusted friend Jaron Kell at his side, they boarded the Leviathan and slaughtered the Volscani there. Obviously, finding that all the high uh, high-ranking officers were very dead, yeah. So, with that being the case, Creed was uh, promoted on the spot to Lord Castellan of Cadia, meaning he is now the commander in chief of Cadia. Like, because yeah. there's a war and we need someone in charge, so <laughs> you know, your job now, dude. Uh, so, Creed then immediately started promoting all, like, the men that he knew that, like, he thought deserved promotion, mm-hmm. and demoted all the people. He was like, f- this guy's a worthless arsehole, <laughs> just mm-hmm. sack him. <laughs> uh, Just started demoting people and promoting people, <laughs> effort, and centre, Trying to yeah. get his troops to work the way he needed them to work, to do the job he needed them to do. Uh, so, after that, Abaddon begins his actual invasion. So he starts with mass-scale bombardment of the planet, you know, as you do, because he's got a Mm. massive fleet of chaos nonsense, uh, which totally messes up the planet's shields. They built built shield generators for the planet that could put up a shield good enough to defend against a planet killer, so like a bomb or a nuke or something large enough that it would actually wipe out a planet. Yeah. So they put these mass-scale shields up, but uh, Abaddon's bombardment was of such a large scale that it actually damaged the generators that were trying to hold up the shield yeah. so, so the shields went down, <laughs> which is not great uh, so while trying to rebuild the Cadian defences for the invasion it uh, because Creed knows something's coming, so he's desperately trying to get everyone back in line and get stuff going. So he sends a scouting party into the Eye of Terror to see if we can get like a warning for what's actually coming. Because he knows mm. something big's coming. Abaddon's not pissing around this time. So they find out Abaddon's fleet is inbound with a, a Blackstone Fortress called the Will of Eternity. Now, I mentioned the Blackstone Fortresses last time, but they are unbelievably gigantic ancient alien ships that had the ability to fire a laser that could blow planets to pieces yeah they're basically like death stars but they look a lot cooler so <laughs> what, did, what did you call them again blackstone fortress you'll be able to find a good picture of it if you get yeah Google. uh but yeah so the scouts go in and find out abaddon's on his way with a gigantic fleet of tons of chaos ships and one of these guys. So, that's a problem. <laughs> it looks so, cool. Yeah. The, the problem is, with the shield down, Cadia mm. doesn't have any real defense against its cannons. Oh that's bad. <laughs> yeah, aye. So, a plan is formed among the loyalists. Sven Bloodhowl and the Firehowlers, Space Wolves chapters, along with remains of other chapters that are kind of scattered from their legions, or their chapters, uh, yeah, chapters, uh, and some Cadian forces make a desperate assault on the Blackstone Fortress to hopefully inhibit its progress. They basically <laughs> crash a ship straight into it as a boarding torpedo and then just start fighting inside it. <laughs> it. A- well, alright then. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's like a couple of small groups of uh, of space wolves, a handful of random chapterless space marines, because the guys all died or they've been separated from them, and a like a ton of uh, just KD and shock troopers all just fly face first into this <laughs> Blackstone fortress and just start gunning <laughs> down everything inside. <laughs> I mean, why not, you know? You have nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, there's a point (laughs) where I'm sure Sven Bloodhull is the one that comes up with a plan because he's like the ranking member, I believe. I don't know for sure. But um, one one of the Space Wolves leaders is the one explaining the plan and the the other one's just like, so it's a suicide mission. (laughs) He's like, yep. Yes, it is. (laughs) If we can buy 10 minutes, we're good, right? Yeah. Uh, so while they put that plan in action the Mechanicum is desperately trying to repair the generators <laughs> uh, so a cry goes up from Cadian forces a call of arms a, it's a cry of defiance as well Cadia stands it's just it's muttered among all the troops of Cadia as they fight the forces of chaos they just keep yeah. crying Cadia stands Cadia is not going to fall today, not to Abaddon and his chaos nonsense no uh also around this point creed final creed addresses his men to kind of rally them for battle and i've mentioned this quote before and it is my favorite quote from this uh let me make one thing clear gentlemen we are now in the fight of our lives the archenemy has come to our home with greater force and fury than ever before all that stands between him and victory is us us gentlemen It is we who must stand before the enemy and turn him back. Why? Because we're here and there's no one else to do it for us. So if any man here believes he cannot do his duty to the emperor, then he should present himself before the regimental commissars and stop wasting my time. (laughs) (laughs) This is just an excellent quote.
0: That, that's an inspirational speech if I've ever heard one.
1: Yeah, at the very least it'll scare you into fighting Abaddon and it's chaos and nonsense, because if you don't, a commissar's going to blow your head off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. That is the commissar's job, to be fair. Alright, taking a sidestep now. Mm-hmm. Right, We're going to step away a bit to Belisarius' call.
0: Uh, yes, I've heard that before.
1: Yeah, we, we talked about him last time. He's the Mechanicum yeah. guy with like eight, people's, uh, eight people's brains in his. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he is, for some reason, when he turns up in this storyline, he's chatting with a Harlequin Shadow Seer. Yeah. Right? And the Shadow Seer sends him to this random backwater planet, like away in the middle of nowhere. And calls just like here, sure, let's go. <laughs> so he just passes off to this random planet that has nothing on it. It's just totally barren. Um, so the planet was abandoned by the uh, Imperium back in like M thirty four, back in like year thirty four thousand. So it's been nothing for like seven thousand years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they abandoned it after Abaddon attacked it during the Fourth Black Crusade uh call finds evidence of mass bombardment on the planet and realizes it wasn't a random attack abaddon was trying to destroy something there Mm -hmm. and then after murdering a ton of orcs for because orcs are everywhere uh like call just turns up like he just finds a bunch of orcs and they attack him and him and his dudes just murder them Uh, (laughs) so after that he discovers that There are these pylons of black stone on this planet, which there are on a bunch of planets. Specifically, there are on Cadia as well. And Call realizes it's these that Abaddon was trying to destroy. He just doesn't quite know why yet. Okay. So, Call heads for Cadia. Oh, he goes back to the Shadow Seer and the Shadow Seer is like, yeah, you should probably go to Katie and he's like, all right, cool, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, honestly, they don't explain why he's friends with a random Harlequin. <laughs> like, Calls just has some friends, but he's like the least pleasant guy ever whenever you see, like, find out about him talking to another human being. He's just such an unpleasant guy, but apparently just has random alien friends. <laughs> but he looks cool. He does. He's a very good guy. He's also like... Eight, I think he's like 10 feet tall or something like that. guy's huge.
0: Was- yeah,
1: and old. Yeah, he's old as shit. He's like 10,000 years old at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I googled him. He's like... Yeah, people's uh, questions are like, why is he so, Is he a heretic and why is he so
1: big? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, but... uh, you know, those are the most important questions about him. Why is he a heretic and why is he so damn big? Yeah,
0: an old, big heretic. You know? yeah, that's
1: it, that's him. That's him out uh, he. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to take another side step away from Kalia okay. to a planet called Solomon's. So this okay. is where Trazen the Infinite lives It has this big vault of crap. Right. Within his vault there is a thing called the bell of Saint Gerstal. which bell of Saint Gestor. Right. And I want to make something clear. Everything in his vault is held within stasis, right? It is yeah. it cannot move or do anything. It is held perfectly in the condition it was put in in, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this bell starts ringing in his vault. <laughs> Which shouldn't be possible. I want to make that very clear. Yeah. And as the bell rings, it starts destroying a bunch of shit in his vault. Um, like it starts like damaging like roofs and walls and stuff. I'm pretty sure it bursts a coolant pipe and floods a couple of like chambers and stuff like that. <laughs> right. But it tolls thirteen times. Right. Mm-hmm. Trazen is very confused by this. And is like, well, all my shit's fucked up now. What the hell is going on? So he goes to this thing called the Celestial Orrery, right? It's a Mm -hmm. piece of technology that is a perfect replica of the, or it's a perfect mirror of the universe, just in a scale and in a form that you can, like, you know, search it, I guess, for lack of a better term. And he basically tracks the disturbance back to Cadia. And he's kind of staring at it for a minute, and he's like, I'm going to go to Cadia. Because everything <laughs> leads there. I don't know if I'm gonna like turn up and save the day, or if I'm just gonna steal something. But I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> so trays and heads for Kadia
0: <laughs> Wait, this was the dude who just pops up and steals you and yeah. goes away. Right? Oh, but yeah, I remember the Necron like Lord. <laughs> oh my god, now now it's all coming back to me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that though. He's a cool guy uh okay we have one more even further away step to take for our side story (laughs) okay we circle back after this don't worry uh okay so we're stepping all the way to terra now we're stepping back to earth right earth yeah right specifically the phalanx which is the home ship of the imperial fists uh it's a absolutely uh, unbelievable scale of spaceship uh, that houses the or house the entire legion of the Imperial Fist because they don't have a home planet they just have this ship, so yeah. it is an unbelievable scale right. Uh, this ship is in uh, is in orbit over Terra at this point right, and most of the Legion's chapters are away, uh, you know, defending shit, killing stuff, you know, doing missions and stuff right. Mm-hmm. There is one uh, squad of the chapter still on the ship because they're very inexperienced, because they're new, <laughs> right? They're the oh. only ones that are like there, like only Imperial Fist there to defend the ship. <laughs> and um there's also a scattering of like the first company as well. I think they were they were injured or something. There was there was a reason, but there was a scattering of the first company as well. Um and their leader is a guy called Garadon, right? um so on the phalanx while it's just dicking around over terra uh a chaos rift opens, or a warp rift opens and a guy called Bellacor, which is one of abaddon's lackeys uh yeah. who has decided to sack abaddon's plan and go straight for terra because i don't know I he think he's smart i guess um so he opens a rift straight into the heart of the phalanx and boards it with a ton of his iron warriors chaos marines <laughs> Because <laughs> his plan is take over the phalanx, use its massive guns to blow terror to pieces. Great plan. Mm-hmm. Solid plan. Fun, fun was had by all. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, because so little of the troops were left on the phalanx, they were massively outnumbered by the Iron Warriors and Bellicor's nonsense. Uh, yeah, also they were new, right? Yeah, they're all barely seen combat at this point as well. <laughs> it's like,
0: you can't blame me, it's my first day at the job. <laughs> ah, you're like, well, you're
1: getting blamed anyway. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they'd only left, like, a handful of barely-blooded Imperial fists there to defend stuff. So, the Iron Warrior started infecting the ships with a chaos virus, which... Great. Uh, yeah, not great. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> garadon decided to take executive action turned the ship's guns on itself and blasted away the infected section oh. <laughs> it removed a total of 10 percent of the ship's overall mass That's <laughs> quite a oh. bit that's yeah <laughs> yeah um and then like, like bell of course just kind of like eh, whatever we're still we're st- like we've we outnumber them like four thousand to one. We're gonna win. Don't don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> like we we got this. Um. So he gets really cocky and basically just starts sending his dudes in left, right, and center. Which, to be fair, he would eventually win no matter what because of the sheer outnumbering. Mm-hmm. But because he wasn't being careful about how he did it or strategic, the imperial that yeah the imperial fist were now taking some names. You know they were kicking ass a bit now. Because they weren't fighting a, like a proper force, they were fighting random guys running around doing whatever the hell they wanted. It went yeah. from like fighting like like proper marines to fighting a bunch of like forty year old men uh, playing airsoft, like they were just kind of <laughs> firing wild uh, wildly and stuff like that. So the imperialist started to be able to kill some of them, but they were definitely going to lose. Now Bellicor uh, obviously had the plan to take over the phalanx and. The uh, Garadon, the leader of the Imperial Fist, realized this because he was going for the command center. Like, he was going for the bridge of the ship to take over. He wasn't just killing stuff or trying to destroy it. He clearly had a reason in mind. So Garadon yeah. goes, right, can't let him take the phalanx, obviously, because it's our home ship and all that. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, can't let him use it on Terra. So they make a blind jump into the warp. They just fire the engines and see where they end up, right? <laughs> anything to get away okay. from right yeah that's it like like, we don't have to win we just have to not lose Is the rule here right um so they jump into the warp randomly which obviously annoys bellicor because he now can't do his plan but he's like you know what now that we're in the warp all my dudes are even tankier so (laughs) yeah fuck you we're just gonna kill you now (laughs) just take (laughs) your ship anyway (laughs) um like we'll eventually get back to earth we'll use it don't worry you just bought yourself a little bit of time um So his dudes were all tanked up and a lot more dangerous. So let's be honest. The battle looked like it was lost for the Imperial Fist. Yes. Until, from the mystery of the warp, steps space marines coated in ghostly flames. John Cena. Basically, yeah. But (laughs) uh, a chapter of uh, space marines coated in ghostly flames uh, step out of the warp and unleash fire onto the fucking Imperial Warriors... And just murder them. Just absolutely slaughter them. <laughs> Once again, the Legion of the Dabs has materialized from the warp as the Imperium needed the most and saved yes. the day. Yes. I've mentioned these guys in the past. They're like the goddamn sword of Gryffindor. They appear when the Imperium <laughs> needs the most and just kick ass. <laughs> <it out. laughs> but... As soon as the fight is won, or at least tipped back in the Loyalists' favour, usually they disappear. But they didn't disappear this time, they just hung around. <laughs> oh. So, like, Garadon, the leader of the Imperial Fist, was just like, well, okay, this is weird. Got these extra guys on my ship now. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, they he starts, like, making a plan for a route to back to Mars for emergency repairs by the Mechanicum. Mm-hmm. Um because the phalanx is pretty effed up, because they blew oh, away yeah, a big chunk of it. Um But then they receive a call from Cadia, explaining that it's in trouble and they need help. So, Garadon's like, alright, ship's messed up, but Kadia needs us more, let's go. And then, he like, looks at the... uh the Legion of the Damned sergeant, and the sergeant's just like, uh-huh, <laughs> just agrees, and they just, off we go! <laughs> like Clearly, this is why they were here. <laughs> yeah. So... Enough sidestepping. We're back to Kadia now, right? We're, right? we're staying on Kadia for a bit. So, the Will of Eternity, the Blackstone Fortress, emerges from the Eye and uh, and uh, gets an orbit over Kadia. But the Mechanicum is nowhere near fixed. The generators, right? The generators are mm. not even kind of close to being fixed. So the no, that thing's gonna fire its cannon and wipe a hole clean through Kadia. That'll be it. It'll be over, right? again the day is lost for like the 86th time today the will of eternity fires its cannon but the blast is halted Ooh! right the day is saved right so the tech priest is like oh cool our dudes must have fixed their stuff so he goes back to the shield generator and like check how it's going in case they've like jerry it they need help or something like that just make sure everything's on track he finds all of his men dead Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he goes into the generator room and all of his guys are just lying dead around the generator. Uh, and, how? Well, uh, he doesn't know how, but they're all dead around the generator, and the generator has been repaired with mysterious xenotech. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> just uh, moving on. <laughs> okay (laughs) so because the shields are back up and running abaddon is forced to move to conventional assault methods so he fires thousands of drop pods of chaos marines and demons uh and everything on and they begin assaulting the cadian defenders you know like a normal war yeah uh leading the charge is abaddon's second in command demon prince Urkanthos. I think he's a demon prince of corn, so he's a big uh, red demon with an axe and stuff. Creepy yeah. guy. But pretty good for a fight. So Chaos Forces punch through the Cadian defenders pretty easily, and Irocanthos heads straight for the shield generator, because he's just going to decimate it with his axe. And in barring his way, he finds the Sisters of Battle. Ooh. Yeah. Led like by those. the twin Canaveta, Canoneses, Genevieve and Eleanor... And they obviously start to fight him. So the rest of the Sisters of Battle start taking on all the Chaos troops around them. And the mm-hmm. two leaders, the two K&Ss, start battling Urkanthos. I- I'll be honest with you. He fucks them up. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that they're like, no, you will not get by us. And then he, but yeah, he's gigantic and they're just two random women. So he just kicks their asses. Um, I'm pretty sure that Eleanor does stab him in the chest with her sword, which kind of fucks him up a little bit. Um, yeah. But he kills her pretty easily after that. Cause he's angry now. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Genevieve as he's like holding her about to kill her, she head him. <laughs> <laughs> just as like a last dying act of defiance, it's like fuck yeah. you, and then she, yeah, I was, I was- yeah and then he basically just squeezes her to death and throws her on the ground like she's nothing. Yeah, I would have spit on his face, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. spit in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, after that minor disturbance, he goes and destroys the generators. <laughs> ah, great. Yeah, uh, well not, but you know, uh, well it's great for him. So elsewhere on Kadia. Uh, there's a Chaos Bain Blade tank that is totally messing up a bunch of Cadian troops. <laughs> Real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly it turns around and starts firing on the Chaos troops. Weird, huh? All this tech that's working strangely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. They will be answered. Yes, um, I have a feeling they will. <laughs> so... Creed uses the the tank turning on his own guys as a distraction to try and, like, uh, to send Cadian troops to defend the shield generator. But, obviously, he immediately finds the corpses of the two uh, Sisters of Battle leaders, and is just like, ah, oh, we're not going to win this. <laughs> <laughs> and just totally loses hope. And so do a lot of his guys. So he's like, all right, I'm going to... Order a last stand. Everyone's going to regroup for a last stand. And when he goes back, he finds his troops all holding, like, religious icons and muttering things like, the Emperor protects. And he's like, what the hell is going on? Because he's not religious, so he's just really annoyed by it. He's like, what the yeah. hell are you doing? Get back to shooting, you idiots. And then he sees it. A woman, clad in armor, descending from the clouds with wings at her back and a sword in her hand. St. Celestine has returned. Risen from <laughs> oh my the grave god, no.
0: again.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I remember her, yes, oh yeah. yes. Uh so she has returned, and on her way, she found some lost ships in the warp. So she acted as their guiding light. And with her land a bunch of uh oh what they call it? like lander vessels. I can't remember the right word. Valkyries, I think they're called. Um which contain five companies of battle sisters from the Order of Our Martyred Lady that were lost in the warp one thousand four hundred years earlier. Bruh. So, uh, her presence, being that she's a living saint, really it like invigorates the troops of Cadia. Basically, yeah. anyone that's religious basically gets a bit of a buff from her being there. So the Cadian mm. troops take the fight to the Chaos troops again, even harder than before. They're now backed by five companies of uh, like fresh-from-resting-sisters-of-battle, ready to kick demon-ass. And <laughs> you've got Celestine flying around murdering stuff. <laughs> <So> <laughs> she looks cool, by the way. She, she is very cool. It. Yeah. Uh, so erkanthos comes back from try- a destroy or from destroying the generator, which he has destroyed by the way, uh, and he his way is blocked by Celestine, who proceeds to resurrect the twin Canises that he murdered, and with them they fuck up Urkantos. <laughs> nice, <laughs> which is just excellent. <laughs> yeah. So now there's just. The problem of having no shield and the planet-killing spaceship is still above them. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's still a problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know how I said that she uh, uh, Celestine found a bunch of lost ships in the warp and acts as a guiding light. Uh huh. Yeah. One of the ones she found was the Phalanx. It was just running a little bit late, so the Phalanx emerges from the warp, basically right next to the Blackstone <laughs> Fortress. <laughs> Luckily, the phalanx is big enough to blast to pieces. Unfortunately, it has shields. So the phalanx Ah. just opens fire on the Blackstone Fortress and the uh, the Chaos Fleet. I'm pretty sure they destroy, like, a third of the Chaos Fleet. Like, just... Because the the phalanx is so large and has so many guns that it's basically a fleet in itself. So it just starts wiping out Chaos ships left, right and centre. Nice. And then a section of the uh, Blackstone Fortress of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes down. Mm-hmm. Remember that squad of space wolves and stuff that were sent aboard? Yeah. They're still inside. They're still alive oh and they're still fighting. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, they've just been tearing the ship apart from the inside, murdering <laughs> anyone they come across. So they've managed to take down a section of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, there's a point where one of the other space wolves leader sees this um, and he's just he, he realises they must still be alive and he's just like, <laughs> the woo- uh, the fangs of Fenris bite deep. <laughs> so the phalanx <laughs> uses the hole in the shield to just annihilate the Blackstone Fortress, which blows uh, up into a bunch of massive chunks that just kind of float around in orbit. Yeah. But it can no longer use its planet-killing laser, which is good. That's basically what they wanted. Yeah. So with that out of the way, the Black Fleet starts to like retreat to regroup a bit because they've been pretty fucked up. And like, as a sign of like, we've now got this. Jaren Kell replants the standard of the Cadian Eighth up top, uh, atop the Cregan Gate, as the Sisters of Battle and Cadians chase the uh, the Chaos troops back. So Cadia now has time to a breathe for a bit, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, they needed that. Yeah. So Abaddon from his flagship looks over the battlefield and decides enough is enough. He takes to the field himself for an- his next assault. The final assault, I might add. <laughs> Luckily, some reinforcements arrive for Cadia. The Crimson Yay. Fist Fifth Company, the Knights of House Tyrannus, the Cadian 51st Armor Division, and Belisarius Call's fleet all arrive at Cadia. Call's fleet takes up position at the like with the phalanx, and then he goes down to the planet to talk to like the leaders of all the companies and everything. Mm-hmm. Because he's figured something out. So he explains his finding with Akkadian pylons, um, and explains what Abaddon's plan is, because he realized the pylons are literally holding back the warp. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So it turns out, right, the first 12 of Abaddon's uh, crusades weren't failures. The Imperium just didn't know what he was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, he had been strategically destroying uh, pylons on planets, or destroying p- planets with pylons, to weaken mm-hmm. their hold, which is why the chaos storms and the strains of the chaos troops in everything have been getting stronger over the last 10,000 years. Because every time he destroys the pylons, the warp can leak into the uh, material world more. Yeah, that's kind of smart. It's really smart. Um,. Mm-hmm. So now we're at a point where it's no longer Kadia stands; it's Kadia must stand. These pylons mm-hmm. cannot be destroyed. So after they have their meeting and Call explains all this, a little while later, Call is visited by Trazen, <laughs> uh, who offers to help Call with the pylons because they are Necron technology after all. You know, has mm-hmm. to build them. So Call begr- uh, begrudgingly agrees and kind of soon figures out how the pylons work. And he forms a plan. He just needs time. So Call heads to the underground tunnels where the pylons are. For some reason, they're all in underground tunnels on KDF. I don't know why. Or a large section of them are. Uh, Meanwhile, Abaddon starts his actual assault. So, luckily, they're fended off by Celestine and the Sisters of Battle. So, you know, they've got a bit of time. Uh, Eventually, Abaddon's just like, all right, sack this. And he and a bunch of his, like, his main guard that are in Terminator armor teleport directly into the Cadian command center to kill the commanders. And Jaren Kale gives his life to push Creed onto an escape ship to save him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his last words, while staring in Abaddon's eyes, Cadia stands. Oh, that's bad That's bad news, yep. man. Uh, so the Kadian Eighth, which are the company that Creed rallied at the start to take down the Voscani, Vosca- uh, he basically just took them as his guys, as his squad. <laughs> so they were all the ones in the command center with Creed. So they retreat into the underground tunnels uh, with Abaddon and his troops at their back. And they meet up with Creed and everyone who, you know, escape to the tunnels to be with Call and all of his dudes and everything like that, because it's now seen as like a last bastion kind of thing, because they, they need to protect Carl at all costs now. Mm. So The Cadians and Carl's troops desperately try to hold back Abaddon uh, from Call and the pylons, because, you know, that's like their only goal now is keep Call safe and keep Abaddon away from him, basically. Yeah. So Call's trying to finish up his work, and for some reason, treason's just kind of like lingering around him. He's not helping or anything. He's just kind of hanging out, just with Call. <laughs> <laughs> They're both total weirdos, so it makes sense that they would be friends. Um, so treason realizes Abaddon will be on them really soon. Like the get the Kadian troops are not enough to hold him back. And he kind of like stands there talking to himself for a bit, and he's like trying to decide whether or not to be the savior, Um, and basically just decides he has a better chance of finding something cool for his vault if he gets more time on Cadia. (laughs) So he's like, "All right, I guess I'll play the good (laughs) guy." So treason unleashes a bunch of these tesseract vaults that, or tesseract labyrinth, sorry, that he has. Right, they're little like stasis vaults uh, that inside them is just an endless maze. But you can like trap people inside them and stuff. So he uses these for things from his vault so he can carry it around and like unleash the thing inside if he needs to. Mm-hmm. I think you've talked about that before. I have. I've mentioned it briefly. But he decides to basically throw a bunch of these like Pokeballs. <laughs> um, and from them, he unleashes a squad or a, a very large squad, I might add, of Ultramarine troops. Um, he unleashes Lost Tanith snipers a bunch of Vostroyan, uh, a squad of salamanders, and Inquisitor Kateri- uh, Katerina Greyfax and her bodyguards. Nice. Now, everyone is really confused, because this is not where any of them last were ten seconds ago, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they all pretty quickly realise everyone around me looks weird, but those guys are clearly chaos. <laughs> so they all just start firing on the chaos guys and fucking up abaddon right even though half of them don't know who he is or what's going on they just <laughs> get the idea right? they're covered in skulls they're like covered in human flesh they're probably the bad guys let's get them so they yeah, just start, they just start fucking unleashing it into them except Greyfax, she just kind of stands off to the side like what the fuck is happening she doesn't want to <laughs> act too quickly because acting rashly is how you get to heresy, right? And Inquisitors mm-hmm. aren't about that. So she's just standing off to the side, just watching, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, so they quickly get all the confusion, begins stomping Chaos ass. Abaddon notices Call fucking about with a pylon and realises that Call has figured out his plan. Uh, so he summons a load of demons.
0: <laughs> nice, as you do.
1: yeah. Uh, So the battle then tips in Abaddon's favour again. So uh, the Ultramarines get murdered, the Vestroyan get almost all killed, the Legion of the Dam turn up and start helping the Imperium, (laughs) Uh, which is great. Then a bunch of space wolves rock up out of nowhere and start kicking Abaddon's ass as well.
0: Nice.
1: Then a section of the Roof Caves in... (laughs)
0: It's chaos, man.
1: What's going on? No, the planet is just pretty fucked up at this point. It's yeah, been bombarded if- to hell, and they're in a random cave. So, <laughs> so a planet like the, the cave roof falls up, uh, falls in. Abaddon uses the distraction as a way to charge for the Cadians and Creed at the centre of them to kill Creed once and for all. Luckily, Celestine flies in the fucking hole in the roof with her guards and decides to 3v1 Abaddon. <laughs> And while all of this is going on, Greyfax is just sitting there like, what the fuck is happening? Why is everything heresy? Why is there chaos, guys, covered in blood and nonsense? Why is there, like, a man that's like 10 feet tall and made in metal parts that shouldn't even exist (laughs) fucking around with with a giant's pylon for no reason? Why are there troops that have fallen out of time fighting? Why is there a heretical saint flying around, killing stuff? What is going on? Like, why are there space wolves that are half-mutant wolf? What is happening? She's just bewildered by this. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and why are there flaming spirits shooting magic bullet guns as well? <laughs> so she's just bewildered by all of that is going on. And then she spots Trazin and is like, oh, last straw no necrons that's it so she goes over to shoot trazen <laughs> but she she doesn't actually get to shoot him or no she does but it bounces off his like shield thing and then she mm. finds herself like frozen and she can't figure out why and it's because he's put a thing called a mind shackle scarab in her it's basically a piece of technology that allows you to control someone um he yeah. does it to everyone he puts in his vault in case they escape and he can just be like nope turn you off and then i'll go build you a new vault um <laughs> so he like does that he like stasises her while she's just like standing there, oh what the fuck and that, Tra- that sounds very OP by the way it <laughs> is but he can only do it to people he's had a ha- he's like you know had a hand on for a bit um so Trazen kind of talks to her because she's like freaking out and calling him a monster and all that stuff and he's like You know, your priorities might be a bit out of order right now since I'm not being murdery right now and those dudes definitely are. (laughs) Your gun is definitely pointed at the wrong guy right this second. Uh, Call finishes his adjustments and powers up the pylon and a call echoes out from the pylon all across Cadia. Troops on both sides fall to their knees And psychers lose their connection to the warp, and basically just lose their minds. Uh, A beam of black light emits from the pylon, almost hits the phalanx, and then uh, goes straight into the centre of the Eye of Terror, which begins to shrink. And as it does, demons fade from the battlefield. Psychers begin to drop dead, because of how quickly they're losing their connection to the warp celestine's holy light begins to fade and her power diminishes and the legion of the dam disappear abaddon kind of stumbles a little bit uh luckily his troops are still just you know space marines yeah so they're kind of totally unharmed by this uh although the loyalists have been hindered by this quite a bit because they've just lost all the legion of the Damned, and celestine basically <laughs> uh so Abaddon's troops totally unhindered uh, and he recovers from his stumble and he wounds Celestine, forcing her to the ground. So Creed is watching the Imperium's last hope about to be impaled by Abaddon's demon sword. So he rallies 8th to charge Abaddon to save Celestine and Abaddon plunges his sword towards uh, Celestine while she's on the ground and he recoils away before the sword hits. Because Greyfax has now turned against Abaddon, and Inquisitors have some psychic powers, and being that she's a really good Inquisitor, basically just unleashes all of her rage at the situation that's unfolding before, just all the heresy that's happening. Just She just unleashes all the rage of it directly into Abaddon's mind. Yeah. <laughs> just puts him into agony. <laughs> uh, she also then rallies her bodyguards and just starts murdering chaos troops. Uh, having bought a little bit of time, Creed and his troops charge uh, Abaddon, and Abaddon cuts off Creed's arm with his claw. <laughs> uh. Yep. Uh, so Abaddon then lifts Creed from the ground and begins to choke the life from him and taunts him about Cadia falling and how, and how embarrassing it is that it's at, like, while Creed is the defender and how the Imperium's gonna follow. And then Celestine impales Abaddon from the ground with her sword and utters, "The Emperor protects." <laughs> oh, nice, because <laughs> fuck you, Abaddon. <laughs>
0: yeah, there are some bad, badass uh, final lines in, the, in this episode. I there's like there's a lot
1: of it. It's very dramatic.
0: <laughs> I like it.
1: Um, so Abaddon reels with a you know hole in his chest. Uh, and he intends to attack again but then he kind of realises that with the pylon doing what it's doing he is running out of time so he and his troops teleport away back to their uh, their like flagship Yeah. because while Creed was being choked to death Abaddon told them before he even came to the planet he had already put into action his plan to destroy Cadia, Right, and Creed didn't know what he meant after they leave, his plan becomes quite apparent. He has activated all of the remaining like rockets on the back of the Blackstone Fortress Chunks to launch them directly into Acadia. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, not yeah. good.
1: So, um, the Phalanx tries to, like, blast the chunks out of, sky- out of the sky, but it, it's not, like, they, they can't do it in a way that's actually going to do anything, or they don't manage to in time. So, the remains of the uh, Blackstone Fortress impact Cadia, um, which fractures the planet, and the pylons begin to fail. With the pylons failing, the eye begins to grow again, and demons reform on the battlefield, (laughs) which is not great. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. Yeah. So, ships begin to to land to evacuate the forces on Cadia. And Creed, tur- like, goes in a depressive episode over, like, winning only to lose. So, Greyfax takes charge and starts ordering evacuation. Um, Creed eventually snaps out of his depressive episode and uses the and 8th to hold the evacuation area to, like, defend it from the chaos troops and demons and stuff while everyone gets off. Um, yeah. Sisters of Battle and the Black Templars are the last to evacuate on Call's ship with Greyfax and the Knights of House Tyrannus. Um, and uh, Celestine's also on the ship, so she's with the Sisters of Battle. Um, yeah. And Creed and the Eighth continue to hold the landing site as they take off. And as they're taking off, Greyfax hears uh, a voice on the wind saying, Cadia stands. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so... Now we've got an evacuation fleet led by the phalanx at its head and the Mechanicum fleet that came with a Call at its rear. So everyone else, all the Cadian troops are in the middle being protected, basically. Um, the, the Chaos fleet kind of doesn't try very hard to fuck them up, but it does shoot at them a little bit, but it's not really a big deal. Um, of the 850 million people on Cadia, only 2.5 million made it off-world bruh Yeah. That's a heavy loss. Yeah. So Abaddon back on his ship, his flagship, is just watching the fleet leave, and he's just like, ah, let them flee. There's you know what I mean? It's a fraction of what they were. They're no threat. Yeah. And then one of his sorcerers come to him and are like, Yeah, I don't know what it is, but there's some crazy artifact on Call's ship. So Abaddon's like, alright, we'll need that. So Abaddon now goes, right, well, we're going after Call's ship. Let's go. So he takes his big gigantic flagship and starts storming after them. Uh, So Call tries to use the the Mechanicum ships to, like, buy him time. Because the Phalanx and most of the ships in front of him have already started their warp jump. So it's too (laughs) late in the process to call it off to go back and take on Abaddon. But... uh, so Call only has his ships to defend him. So he just has all of his guys stop so he can keep going. So his ship carries on. The Mechanicum ships all stop and start firing Abaddon's one. But Abaddon's ship is like a, a Space Marine Legion's flagship. So it's an absolute <laughs> monstrosity compared to you know, what, uh, compared to the Mechanicum ones. Yeah. And it just goes clean through them all and wipes them all out like they're nothing. <laughs> and then just keeps bearing down on Call's ship. So as they're kind of trying to flee, Celestine has a vision from magical emperor powers, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. and leads them to this planet that's like the furthest one out in the Cadian system, which, again, there shouldn't really be anything there. But they take her word for it. They land and they begin this long trek through the planet's tundras into the mountains, led by Celestine the entire way. And with uh, with call is this gigantic like conveyor like robot thing? It's just like a big walker carrying the artifact on it, which again, no one knows what the fuck it is yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eventually, Abaddon's troops catch up with them on this planet, and the Black Templar sacrifice a bunch of their troops to buy them time so that they can escape. So when the Chaos troops finally catch up with them again, luckily Celestine has led them into a trap. Because a bunch of Eldar just appear out of nowhere and mess up the Chaos troops. Let's go. Yeah. So the Chaos Marines all start to fall back because they were not prepared to fight the Eldar. No. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Especially Eldar that have not been in a battle until this point. They're all, like, ready to go. You know, they all just woke up from a nice nap. Like, they're (laughs) ready to fight. (laughs) Because the Chaos troops have been fighting for ages. So they didn't really have that. So they all backed off. Then Call notices that the forces of the Eldar are made up of uh, troops from a bunch of different Eldar homeworlds, or uh, craft world, sorry, which is really weird because they don't usually team up. And then up ahead, he sees Celestine guiding them into an Eldar webway portal. Oh, that's cool. This is where the vision led them, was to the webway portal. Yeah. Uh, Call talks to the same Harlequin Seer he spoke to at the start, who tells him... The ending has passed. It is time for a new beginning. Oh, Another banger, you know. I know. And one last little bit. Back on Cadia, Creed stands alone. The last man standing on a fractured and destroyed world. As he, like... He's bleeding severely, obviously, because he lost an arm and he's injured. Yeah. And as the light fades from Creed's vision, he hears... Ursarker E. Creed. This need not be be your end. Eternity awaits. Oh.
0: <laughs> Another bang of a lie. Yeah. There's a lot of one-liners in here,
1: now. There's like a lot it. of really good ones, yeah. Yeah. So, just to let you know, for the record, uh, the reason all the tech was going wrong was because uh, treason was going around and faked in all the tech. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, treason kidnapped Creed at the end there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So, that's the 13th Black Crusade. It's a long one, but it's a good one. And it was a good one. It's really good. And it directly yeah. follows into our next episode, which will be the last episode of this season, which is Ooh. The Reawakening. Ooh. It's time for a new beginning, my man. Yes, sir.
0: It's season two. No. New beginnings, ah, well. next
1: episode. God, that's The Reawakening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: I was just putting it together with you know our upcoming stuff. Just hint, hint uh-huh. at the people. You're misleading people. <laughs> well, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh, I man. think I have a new favorite character. By the way, who? It's not St. anymore. It's uh, Saint Celestine. She sounds OP as hell. Oh, she's a tank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she cannot die because if she
1: does, you know, she
0: just, <laughs> just <laughs> she like, comes back. Know,
1: I'm here again, you know? Yeah. Did you miss me? I, th- I think this story was the point where I grew to really like Belisarius' call. Yeah. But. There- why, though? Let me hear why. Because he's just such a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> just every time he talks to someone, he's just the least pleasant guy. But everyone's like, well, you're a dick and no one likes you, but we need you, so, I mean, I guess. <laughs> but. the. The next stage of this, the next episode, is where you find out what his artifact is and all this stuff and what his plan has been this whole time, and it's incredible.
0: Oh, that's good, because I, I was actually wondering if I should ask you, like, midway uh, throughout the episode, if I should ask, what is this artifact? But I think you would tell, uh, tell me at
1: some point, so, you know. The artifact oh, is uh, one of the oh, main points me. of the next episode.
0: Oh, okay, I was about I was about to say, don't spoil me,
1: right? no, 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 around. No, 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 I'm um, not going to. Although, I will tell you, there is one more part, actually, um, because, I mean, I could explain it in the next one, but it's kind of an irrelevancy. Um, So, with the Cadian pylons all destroyed with Cadia gone, the Eye of Terror begins to expand, and it grows until it is a tear right across the entire galaxy. So there's no longer a hole in the middle of the galaxy that leads to hell. There is an entire tear in a straight line right across the galaxy, splitting the Imperium in two. Well, that's not a minor detail. That's actually huge. It is, but I don't think it it is a particularly large detail in the next section of this story. But, Uh, like, afterwards obviously it it basically causes the entire plot after this point. Yeah. But... I was I was trying to remember if it takes a major point in the reawakening, or if it's better to just explain at the end of this one. So, explain it now. It's called yeah. the cicatrix Maledictum, by the way, which is a really cool name. <laughs> <theme. laughs> so that's where we leave off. There, our uh, what was it called? The uh, the Celestinian Crusade is making their way into the Webway with the help of the Eldar. Kadia is gone. Abaddon is now, uh, his fleet is now at large, having succeeded in their goal. And look, they are heading for one very specific place, but you'll find that out in the next episode. Um, and the Imperium is cut in half by, you know, a tear to, yeah, to yeah, hell. Yeah. A tear. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, fun times were had by all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for the next episode.
0: It's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> but i think that's us for today
0: all right man uh, well thank you guys for listening uh, into iterators of the imperium podcast it's been me miss and of course ryan and uh, yeah we will see you in the next one take care and peace
1: bye